0: You're listening to WRFR LP 93.3 in Rockland and coming to you all over the World Wide Web at WRFR.org. All
1: right, that's 2.705 grams. Liz,
0: what are you weighing? Ping-pong balls? It's
1: all part of my plan, Dan. All part of my plan to win the Powerball. See, I got a theory. You know how they pick the winners with that machine that that blows the balls up the tube? Well, think about this. If all the balls start off way in the same, doesn't it make sense that when they paint the numbers on, it changes the weight just enough to make the heavier balls sink to the bottom of the blower and the lighter balls blow up to the top? And then the lighter balls
0: are more likely to be drawn Doesn't that make sense? You're right. It doesn't. It's all just dumb luck.
1: Ah, but as a wise man once said, luck is the residue of design.
0: Well, maybe so. But shouldn't we be designing a broadcast? Hey, you're right. Lucky for me, you pointed that out. All right, look sharp! The Strand is on the air! From the stage of the Strand Theatre in downtown Rockland and all over by electrical transcription, it's the Strand on the Air Press Your Luck special, featuring the music of Brittany Parker, a grab bag full of fun with the Strand family players, the rhythms from the vast beyond with our musical guests, Planet Yes. I'm your announcer, Dan Bookham, and here's the luckiest house manager on earth, Liz McLeod.
1: Good evening, neighbors. Luck is indeed our theme for tonight's broadcast, and we are the luckiest show on the air because we're able to start things off with a tune from Brittany Park. Brittany Parker tries her luck and scores, and approaching the microphone as we scatter a path of losing Powerball tickets before him comes our announcer, Dan Bookham.
0: Well, not all losers. I did win $10 yesterday, and I blew it all on this new tie. It's a a little short, isn't it? It got caught in the toaster this morning. Ah. My winnings went up in smoke.
1: Just your luck,
0: huh? Just my luck.
1: Well, what if we try our luck with the noobs?
0: Good evening.
1: I'm Chamomile Bourgeois.
0: And I'm Carl Stuffel, with all things Rescinded. In the news tonight, call it the turn of the cards, the roll of the dice, or just being in the right place at the right time, we live in a world where so much depends on that confluence of random factors we call luck.
1: And for some people, the belief in luck becomes a dominant factor in their lives. Consider the case of the self-styled, luckiest couple in America, Sally and Werner Wielglock.
2: That's us! The luckiest couple in America.
3: Knock wood.
1: Those are interesting tattoos you have on your foreheads.
2: Horseshoes. Ah, we
3: got tired of carrying them around. Yeah,
2: figured tattoos would be more... More
3: efficient, right. Less heavy, too.
1: I gather from this that you believe in, uh, superstitions.
3: Uh not exactly. We... Don't believe in taking chances, right? Right. See, we've both been lucky all our lives. And we want to, I guess... Keep the luck topped off. Isn't that how you put it? Exactly. You hear all the time about people whose luck finally runs out? Well, that's not going to happen. Not to us.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. You see... That storage container in the backyard there? It's
3: full of rabbit's feet. 200 gross of rabbit's feet. That ought
2: to keep us lucky for a while. Nothing luckier than a rabbit's foot.
1: Well, unless you're the rabbit. But how would you say your luck has expressed itself? How do you know you're lucky?
2: Well,
3: for one thing, we've never won the lottery.
2: Yep. Play it every week and we've never won a Not thing.
3: Not one red cent. It's great really is. But but how
2: is
1: that lucky?
2: Are you kidding? Haven't you ever seen those stories about people who win lotteries? How miserable they end up?
3: All those greedy, mooching relatives, all those con men, those scam artists, those kiss-ups. They can't step out the door without somebody trying to put the squeeze on them. Who needs it? We're
4: really
2: lucky. We don't have to deal with any of that. As long as our luck holds out. <laughs> as long as our luck holds out.
1: Well, uh, that's an interesting way to look at it, but I still don't know how that makes you the luckiest couple in America.
3: Right. Take our jobs, for example. Listen. We don't have any. not great? We both got the sack three years ago because of the pandemic, and they never took us that's back. That's awful.
1: I mean... How is that in any way lucky?
3: A hedge fund. A hedge fund bought out the company last year and shut it down. No notice. Just
1: think. If we'd
2: been there, we'd have had to go through that. Can you imagine?
3: But we weren't, so we didn't. I mean, seriously, how lucky is that? We're
2: so thankful. We really are.
3: I honestly don't think we could get any lucky if... Hold on one second. Oh, no. No, no, no. no.
1: What? Let me
2: see. Oh, no, 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 no! Wait,
1: wait, wait. What's going on here? Uh, What happened?
3: I got a text from some lawyer. This uncle died. An uncle I never knew I had.
1: Oh, dear. I'm sorry to hear about that.
3: Oh, it
2: gets worse. Read her the rest of it.
3: Uh, We've been named his sole heirs for his entire estate, which consists of... Okay, get this. A 2018 Subaru Impreza, a complete collection of Pink Floyd albums, two cats, and $22 million. Wait,
1: wait, that's incredible. I guess you really are lucky.
3: Oh, no, no, no,
2: no,
1: no, 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 no. Oh,
2: no! Kidding.
3: I hate Pink Floyd. Of all the lousy luck, why couldn't it be your uncle with all the Bowie records? can't last
2: much longer.
1: Well... Here's hoping your luck improves, and thank you, Sally and Werner Gluck.:
0: But not everyone believes in luck. In abysmal Point, Maine, town official Eunice Pilchard is a firm believer that success in life is no more and no less than what you make it. That's right. Everything I've got, I worked for. Luck had nothing to do with it. So you're a firm believer in the power of direct action. You can say that again. You're a firm believer in the power of direct action. It it was just a figure of speech, all right? Oh, sorry. Uh, Given your point of view, I I figured you're the type to take things literally.
1: Well, just be quiet and let me talk. You might learn something. No, I'm here to tell you that there's no such thing as luck, all right? You get out of life exactly what you deserve. I learned that from my uncle, Loftus Pilchard. He was a big man in this town.
0: A big man?
1: Yeah, he was the biggest man in the entire greater Culvertville Basin. Topped out at six foot ten.
0: Well, now that that is a big man. And don't
1: think he didn't suffer for it, no. He grew up in a house that was built during a lumber shortage. The ceiling was only five foot nine.
0: That must have been quite a burden.
1: Well, it wasn't so bad when he was young, but... About the time he hit 12 years old, well, things started to get a little tense. They had to cut a hole in the kitchen ceiling so he could sit at the table. For 10 years, he had to eat his supper with his head in the upstairs bathroom. But he made the best of it, you see. He made it work for him. There was no luck involved at all. In fact, being so big is how he got into Harvard.
0: Uh, a basketball scholarship?
1: Certainly not. Nobody ever handed my uncle nothing. He earned everything he had. He met this fella on an airplane once. Now, my uncle never liked riding in airplanes. He'd get tired of always having to look down. But one day, he was on this airplane to Boston, and he's looking down, and he sees this little short fella down there who needed help getting his bag out of the overhead compartment. Well. My uncle being a good man, he lent a hand. And the fellow was grateful. And he was a Harvard man, you see. And he give my uncle a job. What is it you call somebody that helps a rich man to put his clothes on? A valet? You mean like Rudy valet? I thought he went to Yale. Anyways, my uncle went to Harvard with this fella, see. He'd stand next to his seat in class every day Holding the fella's fuzzy tweed sport coat, you know you can learn an awful lot doing that. You know, eight years he stood in class holding that fuzzy tweed sport coat, and at the end of eight years,
0: your father graduated. Yeah,
1: magna cum coat rack, and he earned it too. And because he'd been to Harvard, you see, doors opened. He got a job at the New York Stock Exchange. On the trading floor. In the check room. Yeah, he made sure all them coats and hats was neatly put away. Nobody in the whole of New York City could whisk a whisk broom like my uncle. And every once in a while, he'd he'd get a tip.
0: If there's one place to find tips, it's the stock market. Yeah,
1: fifty cents here, a dollar there, and there was no luck involved. He earned every one of them tips, and he put every penny of it to work for him, and he finally hit it big. His investments paid off. Yeah. He hit the daily double at Aqueduct. But luck didn't have nothing to do with it. See, he knew a lot about horses. Yeah, he used to go out drinking in Greenwich Village, see, and he got arrested once by a mounted cop. And he always said, you got to make the most of your opportunities, see. So anyways, he used the money he won to come back home here to set himself up in business right in abysmal point. He built the Sludge Cove Fertilizer Works. And he'd done very well with that. Oh, you know, there used to be a lot of pogies then, right? And they'd wash up on the shower, and he'd go down there with a shovel and a pail, and he'd scoop them all up, and he'd boil them down for fertilizer. Oh, the smell of money, he called that. Yeah. Yeah, on a hot day, you could smell money all the way from St. Sistan to Leechfield. And then one night, the factory burnt
0: down. Well, that sounds like...
1: Bad luck. Oh, no, 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 no. There was no luck involved. He had insurance.
0: Lucky for him. Not at
1: all. He was always very careful about such things. Right up to his dying day, just a few years back. And even then, there was no luck involved. He was walking down the street in Culvertville one day, and there was hoisting a big grand piano up in the second story window, and the rope broke. Oh, no. You can't tell me that wasn't bad luck. It wasn't bad luck, because it missed him. Well, that's good luck, then. Not at all. It missed him, because he jumped out of the way. Ah, But didn't you say he died? And I'll get to that. See, he jumped backwards, and he went down an open manhole. That's awful. He drowned? Of course not. Like I said, there's no luck involved at all. It was a calculated risk. Remember... Uncle Loftus was six foot ten, and the water only come up to here. But he was stuck down there for a while, and, and there was no cell phone reception. And? He died of boredom. But
0: there was no luck involved. No luck at all. Well, lucky for us, there's no more to the story. And thank you, Ms. Eunice Pilchard.:
1: But nevertheless, the question remains. Exactly what is luck? Is it mere coincidence? Is it no more than superstition? Or are there actually natural laws that govern what we consider to be luck? Statistical analyst Dr. Bell Curve may have the answer.
4: Hmm? Oh, were you talking to me? I'm absorbed in this experiment.
1: What is it that you're doing there? Uh, that's That's a fascinating device.
4: Isn't it just? It's my own invention, a mechanical coin flipper. You see, I'm deep in a study here of the laws of probability and how they affect outcomes in a controlled environment. You see, common sense tells us that all other things being equal, a two-sided coin will land heads 50% of the time and tails 50% of the time with no deviation. But, you see, if you actually flip a coin, you see, say, a hundred times, you don't actually get that result you might get 52 heads and 48 tails or 49 heads and 51 tails or or even 49 heads and 49 tails and one balancing on the edge oh that does happen too I've seen it happen it's a fascinating deviation and I'm here to figure out the reasons for that deviation you see that's why I've built this this device
1: and wouldn't it be easier to to simulate it you know on a computer don't they have software that can that can run a simulation like that?
4: Oh, no, 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 no. You see, a virtual coin, you see, flipping in a virtual environment would filter out the random factors, the very random factors I'm trying to document here. And it's my theory, my thesis, you see, that it's those random factors operating according to observable physical laws, the physical laws of the universe, you see, that actually constitute what we call, you see, luck.
1: That's, that's fascinating, Doctor, but uh, how, how does it work? Well, you see, I push this button. Ah, you push that button.
4: That's right, that's right, this button right here. I push it.
1: And then what happens?
4: That turns it on. That turns on the machine, you see, right there.
1: Okay, so now what?
4: Well, this is the technical part. See, you take a coin, a regular standard run-of-the-mint coin, and you put it there, right there, on the servo-activated flipping appendage.
1: Servo-activated, huh?
4: Yes, just take a look at that finely machined craftsmanship. You place the coin there, right there.
1: All, All right, go ahead.
4: Oh, I don't have a coin. I never carry cash. I thought maybe you might.
1: Oh, well, I suppose... Here, will this work? A silver
4: dollar? I don't know. My machine isn't biased for that much weight. It could taint the results.
1: Well, I don't have anything else, all right? And we really do need to wrap this up.
4: (sighs) If I must. But you understand the results may not be up to the rigor of peer review.
1: Look, just get it over with, all right? And be careful with that silver dollar. My grandmother gave me that on my 10th birthday. We just put it on the servo-activated flipping appendage and
4: we squeeze the trigger. (laughs) wow it's not supposed to go that high
1: must have had the tension set wrong catch it catch Uh. it now where'd it go where'd it go find it oh my where'd it go where'd it go
4: rolled right down that crack in the floor can you get it out i mean tear up the floorboards no i couldn't do that i'm moving out of here next month and i don't want to lose my security deposit what am i supposed to do Your stupid machine lost my silver dollar. Well, we have a saying. A saying in science for a situation like this. Oh, really?
1: Yep, tough luck. You don't know the half of it. And thanks for nothing, Dr. Bella Curve. And for this evening, I'm Chamomile Bourgeois.
0: And I'm Carl Stuffle. Hey, guess what fell through the ceiling downstairs? With all things rescinded.
1: (laughs) As Carl and Chamomile cash out for the night, we turn our attention to our musical guest for this evening. You know, we have a lot of talented people working together at the Strand. Some of them you see every time you visit, some of them you just see now and then, and some of them labor quietly behind the scenes in the office. If you visit our business office high in the Wadsworth building overlooking downtown Rockland, you'll find Dave Daly toiling away as our digital media manager the man who puts together our pre-show advertising slides, and the man you want to talk to if you want to see your own business in lifelike color up there on our 25-foot screen. But when he's not at work, Dave's at the keyboard, creating and producing original music that'll take you a long way from Rockland. We call him Dave, but you can call him Planet Yes. We say things like, follow your heart.
5: Believe in yourself.
1: It's our own Dave Daly with the unique musical sounds of Planet Yes. And if you'd like to hear more, just search up Planet Yes on YouTube. And if you'd like to share your own musical talent with our worldwide Strand on the Air audience, just shoot me an email at manager at Because as you know, the Strand isn't just about movies. The Strand is about live music, live dance, live entertainment of all kinds all year round. And we're coming up fast on a whole fall series of exciting stage entertainment featuring new acts, old favorite acts, and acts that'll soon be your old favorites. And you know, bringing in all that entertainment takes a lot of work, and the work takes, you know, a lot of money. We've been very lucky since we became a nonprofit 10 years ago. Very lucky indeed to have the outstanding support of our community, and most of all, the support of our members well over a thousand of them, whose regular support and special contributions keep our doors open, our marquee lit, and our stage bustling with the kind of entertainment you've told us that you want to see. And you can keep telling us by making sure that your Strand membership is up to date. A call to our membership coordinator, Ann Rogers Popejoy, in the Strand Business Office at 701-5053 We'll let you know when your renewal's due. And speaking of due, we're due right now to hear from Brittany Parker, who comes in with a lucky break for station identification.
0: You're listening to the Strand on the Air Press Your Luck special, coming to you over WRFR LP 93.3 in Rockland and all over the World Wide Web at WRFR.org.
1: And with great good fortune, we unveil the second portion of our Strand on the Air broadcast, bringing us now a visit from that lucky ducky himself, Professor Bookham.
0: Lucky ducky? Well, I didn't want to say, here comes the quack. Lucky for you. And speaking of luck, that is, of course, my topic this evening is in fact luck. And an eternal quest for the same. I call my poem, I Thought I'd Found... A four-leaf clover. But all I got was the stem.
1: How inspirational. Proceed, Professor. I
0: should do exactly that. (laughs) When I was young, I'd have my fun. Out at the country fair, at games and contests, I'd look on with a covetous stare. And with a smile, I'd toss the dart and try to win the prize. But my aim was poor and off i'd go and breathe my luckless sighs when i grew up i thought i'd try to win big on a bet slot machines and roulette wheels i knew i'd beat them yet pull the handle watch the reels the spinning goes the fruit an orange a grape and cherries and i don't get no loot i take my bankroll plop it down put every cent on black the ball plots down, Ah oh, no, it's red, and I get nothing back. With my last chips, I roll the dice, a desperate bid to win. It comes up snake eyes, and I've lost. Sheer right down
5: to my skin.
0: That's how it goes most every time, where'er I try to gamble. Broke and bankrupt, I head home, my finances a shamble. And as I trudge back to my car, Sure, those games weren't cricket. I see I finally won a prize. A bloody parking ticket. I thank you.
1: And here's hoping, Professor, that that ticket is at least a winner. Well, something new has been added as we look in on our friends down on Abysmal Point. Down by the water and over by the dock, we find Mrs. Grundon and Lolita at the Clam Shack, feeling just a bit crowded by the latest piece of equipment. Brittany and the boys will take us on down. Here they are.
2: Are you sure you want to put it there? People won't be able to get out the door without bumping
1: into it. (laughs) That's the point. See, they'll get frustrated trying to leave, and they'll end up sticking around just long enough to get hungry again.
2: Don't you think a lottery machine is gonna, I don't know, bring down the tone of the place? Just last week, you couldn't stop talking about making this a... fine dining establishment.
1: Well, it wasn't me that give it up, you know. You're the one who didn't want to stand out front wearing a black turtleneck.
2: Nobody wears black turtleneck in August. Not
1: even turtles. You know, it's attitudes like that that hold back progress. Anyways, every time somebody buys off of this machine, we get a percentage. And you can buy a lot of tone with a percentage. It's a
2: wonder... You're not a billionaire.
1: Nah, I don't want to be a billionaire. Have you going around all day calling me a parasite on the back of the working class and all that. No, I'll settle for just getting a percentage off the lottery machine
2: here. Has anybody even used it yet?
1: Well, yeah, I did. I bought a $5 scratcher.
2: And did you win anything?
1: Well, no. But we get a 7% commission on the sale, so I made 35 cents total.
2: You never liked math much, did you?
1: That wasn't my fault. See, when I was in school, that was when they come out with what you call the new math. See, they didn't tell you how to add and subtract and multiply and all that. They taught you instead about base 12 and, uh, and uh, the communitative law and all that. And you know studying law is hard stuff when you're only in the second grade. So, no, I didn't do too good with that. But anyways, we made 35 cents, so that's something.
2: It's something, all right. Look, doesn't it bother you that the lottery is basically just a regressive tax on the working poor? What's that now? Just what I said. It's mostly poor people that play it, and all the money
1: they lose is basically the same thing as a tax. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? You're so smart. Well, what about Lorraine Scappa? Huh? She lives over to Leechfield. She won $100,000 on a scratcher one time over at the Irvin in Culvertville. $100,000. They even give her one of them giant novelty checks. Of course, she did have a hard time trying to shove her into the ATM, so they had to give her a regular-sized one, too. But I guess she'd done pretty well.
6: So
2: how's she doing now?
1: Well, uh... After the relatives got done with her, I I guess she had to declare bankruptcy. But, But that ain't the point. See, I ain't got no relatives except for Merton. Well, I guess you are an honorary relative. Tell you what, if I win, I'll cut you in for 5%. My future is assured. You know, you keep being so skeptical of everything, you ain't gonna get nowhere in life. Oh, gotta fix that door. It's sticking again. There it is. Well, hello there. Edith. Just the person I was hoping to see. okay, how'd you like to win some money? Oh, fine, thanks. And yourself? Well, we got this machine right over here. This one here? Uh, that's the cooler, Edith dear. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I think I put on the wrong glasses this morning. Uh, you know, I keep a whole box of them over by the door so I, you know, don't forget on my way out. But uh, I think this pair's one of them ones I got at the drugstore. I bought them, see, because they kind of look like the ones that uh, Benjamin Franklin wears. I I, I always liked Benjamin Franklin, you know. Uh, uh, He seems like he was a very friendly, good-natured man. Yeah. You ever read that autobiography book he wrote? Uh, What was that called again?
2: The Autobiography of
1: Benjamin Franklin? Yeah. What was that called again, anyway? You ever read that? Yeah. Uh... Uh, he had the thing in there, but one time he was walking down the street, eating bulky rolls. And uh, every time I read that, I get to thinking, "Geez, wouldn't I like to have a bulky roll?" Uh, you ever have a fried egg sandwich on a bulky roll? Oh, yeah, now that's good eating. You know it? Yeah, you put some, uh, you put some ketchup on there. You get to nibbling around the edges, and then you get to the yolk, and it's like a tasty surprise right in
5: the middle. Well, oh, yeah.
1: I-, I think I got the wrong glasses on. You done? Hey, I think I've about said my piece. All right, then. This machine over here, Edith, to get back to it, is the lottery machine.
5: You don't say.
1: I do say. And you put your money right in there, see? And then you pick which one of these tickets you want to buy. Oh, yeah? What's playing? Well, it's not that kind of a ticket. Well, oh, yeah, you know, it's a pretty good idea you've got putting movies in here. Uh, why, we ain't had a movie theater in this town since the palace burned down. Oh, that was an awful night. Oh, Me and my husband, Everett, uh, rest his soul, we was in there just the night before seeing The Kissing Bandit with Frank Sinatra. And, uh, why, uh, Everett didn't care for that movie at all. He says, I'm not going to pay 75 cents to come in here and sat for an hour and a half of kissing, especially if Frank Sinatra is the one doing the kissing. You see, uh, Everett didn't have no use for Frank Sinatra. Uh, He always said he was so skinny he didn't even need to open the door to go in the house. He could just go right through the mail slot. And, you know, I couldn't disagree because, well, I always thought Dick Hames was better looking.
5: yeah.
1: But while we was in there that night seeing that picture, I lost my glasses. And before I could go back and look for them, the place burned right to the ground. There, yeah, Oh, that was an awful fire. Clouds of popcorn flying through the night. Oh, I poked around in the wreckage for a little bit afterward, but uh, I couldn't find my glasses. But that's okay. I, I got lots of different glasses now. Uh, so you want to take my ticket now, or do I just walk in? Now what are you doing?
2: Taking notes. Some day I'm going to write a novel.
1: You know what I hope you got here is that uh, that movie everybody's talking about, uh, that, that one about uh, about Babbie. Yeah. See, uh, when I was a little girl, why, why, wasn't no such thing as Babby. Yeah. Uh, well, there was there was Babbie Sculpin that lived over to Saint Sistan, but uh, uh, that wasn't quite the same thing. We was in the same uh, grade together in school, but uh, I didn't like her too much. The truth is, uh, she used to kiss up to the teacher uh, so she could uh, clap the erasers and and go out and milk the goat for lunch and stuff like that. Uh, She wasn't my kind of person at all. But aside from Bobby Sculpin, there wasn't no such thing as uh, Bobby in them days. Why, well, if I wanted a doll, you know what I had to do? I had to cut pictures out of the newspaper and then glue them on a stick. Oh, I used to do that all the time. I had dolls of, uh, of uh, let's see now, I had Warren G. Haddon and Babe Ruth and Lillian Gish and Eleanor Glynn and, uh, uh, Sacco and Vanzetti, uh, why, uh, anybody uh, famous that was in the newspaper, why, I, I'd cut them right out and I'd, I'd glue them onto a stick. And I'd have a doll of them, see, there. Uh, they, they, they'd get together and, and I, they'd have dances and uh, tea parties and whatnot. Oh, I had an awful lot of fun, there. Of course, sometimes we couldn't uh, afford to buy the paper. You know, in them days, uh, uh three cents was a lot of money, you know. My my pa worked half an hour down the mill to earn that. Uh so well, when that was the case I'd just have a stick. Yeah. Uh I remember one stick I had. I named that stick Evangeline Birchback. Mm-hmm, yeah. And didn't I love that stick? Oh, Oh, I'd take Evangeline Birch back with me to to school and to church and and I'd sit out in the dooryard and I'd have conversations with her. Oh good long conversations about all kinds of important stuff. Uh she was a very special and magical stick, you know? Cause if I if I closed my eyes and I wished real had, why uh, she'd grow magic wings like a fairy there, yeah. and she'd lift me up and carry me off far away, all the way out of abysmal Point, all the way out of the greater Culvertville basin, all the way to to Rockland sometimes, and then that one winter, why I was sick in bed all that time with the scarlet fever. And I had Evangeline Birchback right there next to me in the bed to give me comfort. Well, oh, I loved that stick, so. Of course, then one morning, Pa needed some kindling to get the stove lit. And well, that was the end of Evangeline Birchback. You know, I, I don't think I ever got over that. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I I think I'd like to see that Bobby movie. Uh, uh, Which door do I go in now? You get all that down, there's a whole chapter of your novel for you right there. Anyways, that's a good story, Edith, but how about we get back to this lottery machine here, all right? You see this $5 bill? Yeah. Well, you put it right in here, right in the slot. Well, that's all right, but I think I'd rather watch a movie. No, no, look here, Edith, look here. You see all these pictures on the screen? You pick out the ticket you want, right? See, let's pick, uh, well, let's pick this one right here. See, it's got the Patriots on it. You like football. You like football, right? Well, if that's all you got, but uh, I think I'd rather have a fried egg sandwich on a bulky roll. Well, see, you just tap on that picture there, and out comes your ticket. And you see, well, that's for you. Well, it's pretty good then. Uh, time's the game, Stat. And uh, what gate do I go in? No, 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 no. See, you scratch off these little patriot heads on here. And underneath, you see, if you win a prize.
5: Is that legal?
1: I remember a time when the Knights of Pythias had a punch board running over there. And, and Basil Crummett got arrested and sent to Thomaston. Uh, I can't afford to go to jail now. I, I got a pot roast cooking. That's perfectly legal, all right? Look, I'll just scratch it for you, Lolita, give me a nickel. I want a receipt. All right, then. See, you take the nickel and you rub off these little heads on here, see? Now, yeah, I see you won $10. I did? You did. Well, where is it then? Well, you can just scan the ticket into the machine here, see, and you can buy another $10 worth of tickets. What I want to do that for? I think I'd rather have the $10. All right, we can do that, too. Lily, to get $10 out of the till, we can cash the ticket in right on the spot. There you go now, $10.
5: Well, that's pretty good then. Uh,
1: What time do you say the movie starts? Edith. Oh, I need to run home see, and get my movie-watching glasses. You do that, Edith. Congratulations. Well, it's always good to see you, dear. Uh, Thanks for stopping by. Alright, just put the ticket in the till there and, uh...
2: You didn't give me the ticket. Edith took it with her. Oh,
1: for the love of...
2: And didn't you put your own five dollars in the machine to buy it? (sighs) You know, I can see where this is gonna be a real profit maker all around. Maybe we should get another one. Make it just like Hollywood slots in here. Grundin's betterama and fried clams.
1: Hey, now that ain't a bad idea. We could have all kinds of clam-themed games, right? We, uh, I wonder how a clam would work in a roulette wheel. we probably have to use a little neck, I think. Now stop rolling your eyes. You know it could work. Where did it start with you
2: anyway? Did your mother step on a clam hoe and the handle flew up and hit her
1: in the head? Well, uh, now that you mention it, my mother never liked clams at all, believe it or not. Uh, she'd eat mussels once in a great while, and, and we slipped a to Kowag past her once or twice at Christmas. But she was never what you call a clam person. No, she worked 57 years at the sardine plant over, over to Culvertville. And uh, truth be told, she wasn't too excited about any kind of seafood, really. Uh, she was made to feel an outcast over her whole life because of that. Tragic. Oh, yeah. Of course, late in life she did get over it. Uh, I remember when she was over to the Methodist ladies' home in Leechfield, she got to like that mock lobster they'd serve for supper once in a while.
2: Mock lobster? Oh, yeah.
1: You know, ground up tuna fish with paprika on it. Oh, yeah. You dunk it in butter, ugh, you don't know the difference. At least she didn't. You know, I bet you if you mix it up with a lot of miracle whip and spread it on a hot dog roll, you could sell it to a tourist for $35. Yeah. But I'd never do that. I got ethics. You do? Really? I got ethics right up to here. Too bad you're not taller. Well, all right, Grundin. Let's have some service. What can I get you, Eunice? Well, you can get behind that counter and take my order. That's the first thing. Get this kid out of my way while you're at it. Sorry,
2: Eunice. My cultural beliefs require that I stand in exactly this spot until your pointless rage causes you to collapse into a quivering heap.
1: Now, just a minute there, Miss Lady. What'll you have, Eunice? I want sixteen quarter pints of fried clams. To go. Right. Two pints of fried clams. No, I want sixteen quarter pints of fried clams. Well, it's the same thing. No, it isn't. See, the Greater Culvertville Basin Ladies' Canasta Guild is putting on a supper tonight. And we're expecting 16 people, and I don't want any food going to waste. So give me 16 quarter pints of fried clams. You sure that'll fill them up? Hmm. All right, well, throw in 16 of them little bags of potato sticks there. Yeah, it's always good to have a vegetable with your meal. And give me 16 empty paper cups. Well, what's that for? That's for the water. You got to have a beverage at a supper, you know. You don't want them to think you're uncivilized. Lily to throw them clams in the fryer, and I'll get, uh...
2: It's not coming on. I think we must be out of propane.
1: What do you mean, we're out of propane?
2: Well, that's what happens when you tell the delivery guy to come back later because you ought to have room for the truck bringing the
1: lottery machine. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that, didn't I? Sorry, Eunice. You'll have to go over to Quahog, King. No, wait... They're closed for remodeling. That last storm blew the big neon clam right off their roof. Well, never mind that. Now, what's this about a lottery machine? Stand right where you
2: are, turn your head slowly, and look.
1: Hmm. Well, how about that? And I suppose you've got a permit for that. And it's taped right on the side there. You See? It says, read it and weep. Official state lottery retailer license. Well, isn't that nice? But what about your town license? You don't need no town license. You're on thin ice already, Grundon. Don't make it worse by claiming ignorance. Here, give me a dollar. I ain't giving you no dollar. I ain't got to give you no dollar. Town ordinance says you do. I need to test this machine to make sure that it's bona fide before I can grant your license. And the fee for that test is one dollar. Wait! She appeals. To who? Now give me the dollar or I'll send for the constable. Sorry, I tried. All right, we'll just go ahead and get it over with. All right, now give me a nickel. I'm all out of nickels.
2: Wait. Okay, here, use this Chuck E. Cheese token somebody left in the tip cup.
1: All right, now, let's see. Well, what do you know? A $10 winner right there. Cash that in, Grundin, and you'll get your license. Oh, for crying out. $10, there you go, $10. Now get out of here. Pleasure doing business with you, Grundin. <laughs> Fish face! Well, I suppose if Gertie
2: isn't here, somebody had to say it. Wait, you never got the ticket from her, did you? Oh. Yeah, it's a real business
1: builder, all right. Look, do me a favor and go out back and get me a piece of that old cardboard and make a sign. Put on it, positively no tickets paid unless you hand over the ticket first. I'm serious, this means you. And use capital letters.
2: Yeah, that, that should do it. Uh-huh.
1: Look, I told you once and I'm telling you again, it isn't my fault. Well, if it wasn't you, whose fault was it? You're the one told me to buy it. Look, Aunt Gertie, let's just get something to eat, all right? We'll just get something to eat, and I'll figure something out. I always figure something out. You know I do, so stop fussing. All right, all right, all right. Well, let's get something to eat, then. You're paying, right? Fine. I'm paying. Do I ever not pay? Well, I just wanted to be sure, that's all, because if, cause if you're paying, then I'm I'm, I'm I'm getting the large order. And uh, to what do we owe the pleasure of this visit? I'll have a large fried clams, and... Uh, uh, what do you have? I don't know. Give me a large, too. That's right. Go to town, kid.
4: After all, it's my treat.
1: Well, sorry. Uh, I got no clams tonight. Uh, we're out of propane. Uh, we got these, uh, potato sticks, though. Well, what kind of place you run in here, Grundon? Kohog <laughs> King's gonna run you right out of business. Never mind. Let's go over to the Silverfish Cafe. I'm getting hypoglycemic. Just a minute. Just a minute. I want to say hello to Grundin first, you know? You know, Greta, this, this might be why you ain't got no friends. You're always so rude. I'm sure that's it. So what's going on, Goody? Uh, I ain't seen you all day. Oh, we've been busy over at the place. Uh, we went over to the shop and drop, right? And I got a new TV. a uh, Great big honkin' one, too. One hundred inches. No, it's going to be spectacular once we get it set up. I'm going to see every pore in Alex Cora's face. There. Except for one thing.
4: Look, it's not my fault, all right? You asked me what the biggest TV for the money was,
1: and I told you, all right? Yeah, well, well, as it turns out, Grundon, that don't fit in my living room. Yeah, there ain't a wall in my living room that ain't got a window right in the way. Next time, measure first. Well, just take it back and get another one. I'll do no such thing. After we get done here, we're going to get right back to work boarding up the windows. There. We'll put some wallpaper over them, and nobody will know the difference. You got your tools out in the car, right? Of course I do. Anything for my good
2: old Aunt Gertie. I keep telling you to leave town. Seriously. I'm
1: okay. I'm used to it. Well, all right then, Greta. If there's nothing for us here, uh, we'd better... Hey, wait a minute, Grundon. Now, uh, what's this here? That, Gertie, is a lottery machine. Like the one they got down at the Irvin? Exactly like the one they got down at the Irvin. Well, it's not exactly the same. I mean, down the Irvin, they got them Roller Hot Dogs. You gonna put them in, too? I'd be, it'd be wicked decent to have here if you did. Roller Clam Dogs. Yeah, we'll get right... Ra- hey, Lolita, write that down, will ya? That's a very good idea. I'll get right on it. Well, as long as I'm here. Let me give it a spin. I ain't loaning you a dollar. You must think I'm some kind of a low-life, no-account moocher. Perish forbid. Well, I'll have you know I got ten dollars. I got it stuffed right inside my shoe here. My mad money. Mad money? Yeah, in case I'm out on a date and I get mad and want to leave. It's mad money. How long you been carrying that around? Well, uh, I guess it is getting kinda limp, ain't it? Uh, I guess I just don't get as mad as I used to. Anyways, let's put her in the slot here and see what we get. Alright now, yeah, somebody give me a nickel to scratch this with. And don't try to give me that Chuck E. Cheese token. I'm the one that put it in there. It's going on your tab. Here. Alright then, let's see what we got here.
5: Hmm. No. 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 Oh.
4: Let me see. Oh.
1: Oh.
2: Wait. What? Let me see.
1: Oh. Oh. What's all this now? Here, let me look at that. Give me it, give me it, give me it. Let me look. Oh. 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 I, um, I I ain't cashing this in. Uh, Oh, um, I I wouldn't expect
4: you to. No, I think you have to go to Augusta for that.
2: Yeah, you do. You have to go to Augusta uh, for that.
1: Augusta. We, we have to go to Augusta.
4: Can't do it today, though. I think they're closed on Sunday. We'll have to do it tomorrow. Yes.
1: Yes, we'll have... To... Aunt Gertie! Gertie, wake up! Wake up! She's out cold. I'll get some water. No. Let her rest. She's going to need her energy.
2: Ah, sure, for going to...
1: Going to Augusta tomorrow.
2: Right, going to Augusta tomorrow. I'll drive.
1: I want to come along.
2: Me too. I've never seen a check that...
1: That big. No, I've never seen a check that big neither. Aunt,
4: Aunt Gertie, we need to put the ticket in a safe place. Aunt Gertie, she won't let go.
1: Put up the clothes, sign, Lolita. Pull down the shades. We're going to let her sleep right there until we go to Augusta. I'll sweep around her. Just take it easy, Gertie. Everything's going to be fine. We'll go to Augusta tomorrow. And just what happens when that happens? Just your luck, you'll find out in our next broadcast. But everyone's a winner with a final tune from Brittany
6: Parker. In my imagination I searched the starlit sky so bright In my imagination There I saw you in the night And then one day Lucky star was smiling right there before my very eyes. You are my lucky star. I saw you from afar. Two lovely eyes at me, they were gleaming. to here.
1: Parker, wrapping things up for us tonight, and here to tie up the string comes good brother Bookham. We're lucky people
0: at the Strand. We get to do what we love every day of the year. We entertain, we empower, and we engage. And we never lose sight of the fact that we're doing it all for you, for the people of Rockland and all of Midcoast, Maine. And we've been doing it now for over a hundred years. Oh, sure. What we're doing now might look a lot different from what Joseph and Ida Dondis were doing when the Strand first opened its doors in 1923. But the essence of the Strand has remained the same from that day to this. As a place for fun, a place for education, as a place for community at its best, the Strand has never lost sight of what it means to Main Street, to the city, to the region, to those who work there, and most of all, those who step under the marquee each night to experience something special. Come on by any night and see for yourself at the Strand. You
1: betcha, Dan. And lucky for us, we've made it through another show with just enough time left to thank you and Brittany and our musical guest, Planet Yes, and all the Strand family players. And of course, the Strand salute and an SFL to all the dear young people, wherever they may be, because no matter how far away you are, you're never far away. We'll rake up a big pile of leaves for you in October, and until then, come to see us at the Real Life Strand, where there's always something doing that's worth your time. Till then, Liz McLeod, your house manager, says stay safe, stay lucky, and we'll see you soon. All right, grab the brooms and clean up. Let's go! <laughs>
0: The Strand on the Air, electrically transcribed, is written, directed, and edited by Elizabeth MacLeod with musical direction by Brittany Parker. Technical assistance by Jesse Davis. Our Strand family players are Lily Bonarigo, Anna Frangiosa, Brad Gunnell, and Olivia Vanner. This is Dan Bookham speaking for the whole Strand family, wishing you good night, good luck, and good entertainment. The Strand on the Air comes to you from the over-100-year-old Strand Theatre in beautiful, gorgeous downtown Rockland, Maine. This is WRFR LP 93.3 in Rockland, coming to you all over the World Wide Web at wrfr.org.